Hello and welcome back to the EV Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Maharaj, and I'm joined by Allison Benj, the producer of the podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so this is a great episode because we'll be talking about EV outreach and our first interview is going to be with um, Emma Jarrett, who's the executive editor of Electric Autonomy Canada. And do you want to share a little bit about why we reached out to Emma to talk about what Electric Autonomy is doing? Yeah. So, you know, as uh, Canada kind of gets to a point where there's more and more EVs on the roads and people are kind of eyeing up EVs a little bit more. I think it's important to kind of look at companies and organizations and individuals who are working to inform. And that is all about what electric autonomy does. And they, you know, they, they are almost like a news site, but they also do a lot of business to business. Um, they kind of are there for both organizations and individuals to learn about what's happening in the news and in research and, and what other companies are doing when it comes to electric vehicles. Yeah. And so we spoke to Emma just about the type of content that electric autonomy shares and how they get that information, why it's important to share that information. And yeah, just basically why it was important to start this news platform and get that information out to Canadians. So we'll be talking to her first. And then what's our second interview, Allison? <laughs> so our second interview is actually, I'm going to just be kind of interviewing you because uh, another thing that Crystal does here at AMA is she helps run our online communities. And we actually have an EV life online community all about electric vehicles. So it's kind of uh, a place for AMA members to chat with other Albertans and, and to AMA directly about electric vehicles and what kind of info uh, they want. Yeah, and we spoke very briefly in the last episode of season one about this community that was coming um, and it's launched now. It's on the AMA mobile app and we're so excited for this. So yeah, stay tuned for that conversation with me and Allison to learn more and find out how you can join the community and chat with us and other EV owners and enthusiasts across the province. So should we just dive right into our first interview? Yeah, let's take a listen. Uh, here is Crystal's chat with Emma Jarrett from Electric Autonomy Canada. Hi, Emma. Thank you for joining me on the EV Life podcast today. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Electric Autonomy Canada and what your role is at um, the platform? And maybe you can share a little bit about how it began and why there was a need for this specific type of content. Absolutely. So Electric Autonomy Canada is a business-to-business -business news platform covering the transition to zero emission mobility. So what that means is uh, from, from a business or a, a corporate government fleet lens, we look at the challenges, strategies, and success stories of vehicles in a business, primarily a, a business application that are transitioning over to electric or to an extent in the medium and heavy duty sector, uh, hydrogen. Uh, so anything that, that is non-emitting. Right. And I will, I will just add a tiny PS onto that where, yes, we are a business to business platform, but we also, of course, cover um, a bit of the consumer side as well, because that's a very important piece. Mm -hmm. My role at Electric Autonomy is executive editor. 
So I manage the editorial day-to-day news coverage of the platform. Awesome. And when, how long has the platform been up and running? Electric Autonomy started in 2019. So we're edging on four and a half almost years. Okay. And uh, it was born out of a need in the market to have more information about the implications of a move to zero emission mobility for corporations. You know, when electric autonomy started, there's been so much movement um, on the government side, primarily with, um, you know, mandates coming in and rebates, et cetera. But when it started, there, it was a bit of a mystery. Right. You know, com- companies knew that these vehicles existed, but weren't sure how to navigate the road to getting their fleet transitioned to zero emission. Because it's not just about the vehicles, there's, you know, charging infrastructure and mm-hmm. there's, you know, the whole ecosystem that that touches the vehicle. So, uh, you know, like any other journalistic news platform, we function as a source of reliable, accurate, timely information for the industry. Right. And so, you know, you you the platform does kind of have some outreach efforts. And what is the goal of your outreach efforts? And why is it important for EV outreach to be taking place right now? It can be daunting for some people. And, you know, at the end of the day, like this is, cars are a big purchase, no matter what kind of a car you're buying, it's probably the second largest purchase most people will ever make in their in their lifetime. With that comes a lot of anxiety. You want to make sure you're buying the right vehicle. Then you're faced with, you know, rapidly changing technology and and a new type of car that you have the option to invest in or not. And this vehicle is even more expensive than the combustion one you might have been considering buying. So, I mean, just even from that perspective, I think anybody would be looking for information on to educate themselves. What are my options? Is this the right option for me? And you know, our, our aim always is to be that that source of information where, you know, if somebody has questions about anything from what type of vehicle to what rebates they may be eligible for or not, to how do I get a charger where I live or can I get a charger where I live? Mm-hmm. That's really what we strive to deliver in terms of uh, information. You all put out quite a lot of articles that people can use. To, like you said, if you're considering purchasing an EV, there are a lot of questions that come with it because it is still new for a lot of people. Are there plans to kind of put out more resources for the consumers or is that not really the main focus right now? No, we're a news platform first. So, you know, we cover tons of news that's happening across Canada. I mean, the other side to this is to help bring price parity to the market to help get uh, critical infrastructure like chargers up and running and bring in industry and manufacturing to onshore uh, an EV supply chain, which includes um, battery manufacturing as well. A lot of public money is being spent. There's a huge accountability element here. Our role as a journalistic platform is to, first of all, delivering the news, this this you know, these projects are underway. This is the money that's being spent. This is how it, it could um, impact you and your community, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but also, you know, there's just bringing visibility to what's happening so that the accountability to make sure that public money is being spent responsibly, that the companies that are coming here um, and promising jobs are delivering on those. So, I mean, it's it, it's just 
a news platform. Like we're just a news platform with a beat. Right. Essentially. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to ask about why outreach was so important is because there are a lot of opinions and concerns, you know, out there regarding electric vehicles. And how do you know what's accurate? How do you know what's not? So how do you ensure that the information that is being shared on Electric Autonomy Canada is accurate and balanced? And is it even important to be balanced when you're just sharing the facts? Absolutely. It's important to not just write off somebody who is, has concerns. I mean, to that person, their concerns are valid. They want they want to know, you know, this is, this is just a for instance, but what happens to the battery in the vehicle after, um, you know, it, it's no longer in driving condition. Let's say it's, it's only down to 60 or 70 percent effectiveness. And they have big questions like, well, I don't want this battery to end up in a landfill. Right. So, you know, we take that question and that view and then we apply that to our reporting. We find the answer and we write an article about, you know, battery recycling. And this is, you know, this is an industry unto itself. that's going to be um, hugely important to the EV supply chain. So always we we like to incorporate perspectives. We like to, you know, chat with with Canadians that have reservations and provide the information that they're looking for. And then they can take that away and form whatever opinion they want. I mean, it's not, it's not our job to, to force them to think a certain way. We're just providing the information to them and trying to do it, as you say, um, in a balanced way. And in terms of being factually accurate, I mean, obviously that's right. Important. Central, a central <laughs> tenant of, of journalism. You know, you don't want to get your facts wrong. So, you know, we go to primary source where we can. We look at a lot of data, anything, anything we can do to substantiate claims because people get very excited in a new industry that's coming up. And there are a lot of yeah big, big splashy claims that get made. And, and, you know, we don't want to parrot those back without some critical fact checking and thinking applied to them. So, you know, it's fair to probably say that you're not just putting out content that only appeals to people who are enthusiastic about EVs, right? Like you're just putting out the information and also addressing concerns as well. So people who maybe just have a more critical view of EVs. Yeah. Critical or curious. I mean, Mm. I think a lot of people haven't formed opinions yet. They, they just know this is a thing. They're hearing about it a lot. They might see EVs around and they're just curious about what this is. I mean, it's it's a big thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. Are there specific topics that, Um, you all notice that there's more interest in or there's more research focus on here in Canada? So we've moved away, I would say, from that initial wonder over these vehicles and, you know, who's coming out with their EV, who's kind of, you know, trend, like what, what are the OEMs or the automakers are transitioning, you know, their operations. And we've moved into a time when people are going, okay, I can, I might have, driven in an EV or a friend has it or someone's someone's vouched for this in some way. And I, I like them. I like the idea of the vehicle, but now I'm concerned about how I'm going to support it uh, through charging. And the reality is there are very different pathways to get charging depending on where you live. People who live in detached homes, generally speaking, have an easier time Mm -hmm. because 
there are no rules around residential homes having charges. You can just do what you want. It's your home. Right. Um, where things get a bit sticky sometimes is uh, for Canadians that live in high density urban areas. So in townhomes or uh, condos, stratas or multi-unit residential buildings. And that's where we're seeing a lot of interest right now is Canadians going, yeah, I live in a downtown core. I live in a condo. I, I like an EV. I'd love to buy one. But how do I navigate getting a charging spot in my underground parking lot? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, I'm sure, traffic to the the website has increased drastically since you started. But um, has there been a huge jump from, let's just say, even last year in the traffic that you're seeing coming through? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's there's consistent growth in this industry. Um, you know, we, we see adoption rates rising every quarter. You know, um, new registration data for vehicles is released for for Canada and, and it ticks up every every quarter, more or less. So it's yeah. it's something that's you know, we're not seeing the the crazy hockey stick that a country like Norway got. Mm-hmm. Where you know, <laughs> yeah, it was. We spoke to the Norwegian Auto Club last season on our podcast, and uh, yeah, they kind of talked a little bit about how, like, quickly people adopted EVs there. Yeah, so we're seeing a slower burn here, but it's a it's a steady blaze. Yeah. Speaking of a growing industry, the technology is also changing rapidly, and. I I feel like there's always new information coming out. So how do you ensure that you're always up to date with the content that you're sharing to your audience? And is it ever challenging to deliver that news in a timely manner? Absolutely. I mean, the the reality of, you know, news is that the second you press publish on a story, the clock starts ticking on it. Like it's dated. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, you're, you're always racing to be as current as you can be with technology like this. That's very new, particularly in Canada. We, we haven't had, for example, a battery, a large scale battery industry before, um, you know, there, there were battery companies, a few decades ago that that got bought out eventually by Asian companies and and offshored but you know this is this is new ground for everybody so just circling back to my point about you know claims being made um the technology is very exciting and certainly there are a lot of companies that are putting forward some really wonderful innovations and and you know made in Canada mm-hmm. IP but our job is to validate verify explore them research you know how how does this actually work and not to tear it apart, but to just understand it so that we know that if we're going to write a story about it, it's, you know, this is something that it's not pie in the sky. Can I ask a little bit about your writers? Um, How do you, do you use freelance writers or are there in-house writers who are working on these, um, the content side of things? We do a mix. So we're a national news platform. Um, We're very lucky to have freelancers across the country who do wonderful work for us. And what makes it really lovely is oftentimes the stories that they write are happening in their communities. So I think that that's a nice, you know, it it makes a difference versus someone like me who's Toronto-based trying to write a story about something that's happening in BC. I right. mean, I can, I can do it, but there's a difference in, you know, actually knowing the nuances of your community and, 
so yeah, no, we're very lucky. And then, yeah, we have in-house writers um, who also are just the backbone of, of the organization. Well, Emma, this conversation was great. Thank you so much for speaking to us. But before I let you go, is there anything that you're excited about when you think about the future of transportation? Yes, I am excited for not only vehicles, like personal vehicles to be zero emission and to know that, you know, we are as a society making a a collective choice to do something that we know is healthier for for our community in a, in a number of different ways, but also excited for the potential that there actually could be less cars on the road in the future because, you know, zero emission public transit is a big, big sector. Mm-hmm. And if there's enough political will, public will, we could end up with a really fantastic public transit system network across the country. And wouldn't that be wonderful yeah. if, if traffic became something that, didn't exist, certainly not to the same extent that it does now. Yeah, you know, we ask this question to a lot of our guests who come on to the podcast, and I think you might be the first one who gave that answer. So that's great. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. It was lovely speaking to you. Very nice speaking to you as well. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Emma Jarrett of Electric Autonomy Canada. And I'm joined again by Allison Bench. So we can chat a little bit about our new EV Life community. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing we should just go into is I think we should just assume people have no idea kind of what these communities are. So kind of tell me a little bit about what these AMA communities are and where our listeners and AMA members can find them. Yeah. So, you know, at AMA, we love connecting with our members. We have almost a million members across the province, and it's really important for us to talk to our members and get to know them and share information with them and also just, you know, like connect with them on a level that they're interested in. We have a history of forming thriving online communities for our members, and it all began on Facebook with our online communities. We have a travel group, a barbecue group, a gardening group, and a camping group. And then, you know, when we were revamping our mobile app, we one of the requirements was to create a space for online community because it's just become such an important part of how we connect with our members. And so when we formed this community, we had to look at the types of groups that we wanted to have in there. And one of the first ones we knew we wanted was the EV Life group. Because we already had the podcast, we were building an audience for EV enthusiasts and owners across the province, and people really wanted a space where they could connect with other listeners and with us uh, to just talk about some of the things that we're discussing on the podcast. And so it just kind of made sense to have a space where our listeners can tune in. And then also, you know, like this is just another one of the things that AMA is doing in the sphere of EVs. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's, it's very interesting because there's so much happening at AMA. I know in season one, we talked, uh, there's an episode where we talked to Colin Fritz, our associate vice president of operations here at AMA, and he's also in charge of our electrification portfolio here. And yeah, there's just so much happening. Uh, and so it is, it's, it's great that now there's a community where, you know, we can hear directly from our members and listeners and hear what what 
people want to be learning about or what's important to be talking about. Right. Because, you know, for us doing this podcast, it's really important that we're doing the type of interviews that our members want to hear and that Mm -hmm. they're interested in. And so just looking at those conversations in the group and seeing what people are talking about, it helps to inform the type of interviews that we conduct on this podcast. Yeah. And so just for people, because the AMA app and I'm obviously on it, but just for our listeners, what, what can people expect from these groups? Like if you were telling someone who had never seen the AMA app and not joined the group, like what kind of things are being talked about or what, what's the general vibe on this group? Yeah. Let's just backtrack and just assume that people have no idea what this is. So you do have to download the AMA mobile app to join the community. So just like you would download any app in your app store and then you log in with your AMA membership credentials and you can access the community. So it is it was really important for us when creating these this online platform that we created a safe space for our members. So we just want you to know that it is secure, it is monitored and it's just a safe place for you to come and share your thoughts and your ideas. So once you're logged in, Um, On the bottom of the app, there is a community tab and you click on that tab and there are multiple groups. Uh, We have a cost cutters group, EV Life and Smart Traveler, and you just join the groups that are of interest to you. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, maybe it's fair to say that you're interested in EVs. So you join that group and you can right away join the conversation. So we have people in there who don't own an EV and they're just curious to learn about them. Um, they, you know, again, this is new technology for a lot of people. So we have people who come in to ask questions about where they can buy one, where they can learn more about them. And then we also have the enthusiasts. So we have people who own EVs and are early adopters of it. And they're just enthusiastic to share the latest in technology advancements and also their experience as an owner in Alberta. Mm-hmm. There's so many conversations to have. That's that's the thing I think that I, I, I'm going to just speak for both of us. I think we both have learned that through hosting this podcast, that there's so many topics and so many questions that are out there. Like this group, there's it's just it's endless how many conversations could happen. Yeah. And it's really just a place to connect people who have the knowledge on EVs and the people who are trying to gain that knowledge. And again, it is a safe space. So We welcome all types of questions that you have. Like it doesn't always have to be (laughs) the most enthusiastic. Like maybe you have concerns about the battery and how they're recycled. Um, You know, this is a great place to come in and ask about that because, again, we have the people who have that knowledge and they can share that and speak honestly about what that process may be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, if anyone out there is interested in connecting with us and with other uh, like-minded, interested in EV individuals. Yeah, download that AMA app right in the app store and then join the EV Life community. Yes, and you'll definitely see posts from Allison and myself in there from time to time. And I'm often in there responding to people. So it's just a great way for me to connect with our listeners and also you. But yeah, we look forward to seeing more of you in that community and getting ideas for future episodes of the podcast as well. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of EV Life. That's all we have for you today, but we'll be back again next week with another great episode. Yeah. So we look forward to speaking to you then. And yeah, of course, come find us in the EV Life community and we'll talk to you real soon.